0: Bye. Bonjour, and welcome to Sibets, the podcast about psychology, philosophy, and minor grievances which shall not stand. I'm your host, Sophia, and this is Greg. Hello. Today on the show, we're talking about why we decided to make a podcast. So, Greg, when was the last time you ranted, and what was it about?
1: Uh, well, I'm a dad, so I feel like <laughs> my job is ranting. Um. <laughs> But I mean, it's not quite like what we're doing today, but and I definitely don't have as uh, receptive an audience as hopefully I'll have with you. So
0: (sighs) Nice. I feel like I, even though I'm not a dad, I also rant all the time just like to people. I feel like as an introvert, I kind of take a while to open up to people. But once I'm like really comfortable with someone, I just like never shut up. And therefore, I just feel like I'm always ranting to the people I'm comfortable with. But I kind of realized recently that that takes a lot of emotional energy for someone to just like sit there and actively listen to another person. And I don't really want to put people through that all the time. So I kind of started like writing stuff in my notes app or like writing in my journal, for example. I used to actually be really good at journaling in 2020 when I had nothing else to do. I was just like writing down the random stuff about my day to try and remember that time of my life. But I kind of stopped afterwards. But all this to say, I just like started writing down a bunch of ideas on my notes app, which eventually turned into like, what if I put these into like a podcast episode? Because I feel like I personally listen to a lot of conversational podcasts and I was like, maybe I could do that. Just like throw something into the void, you know, and just like have it be free from my mind. And so I just started developing a bunch of like podcast ideas in my notes app and then eventually... Through a teens conversation, Greg unveiled that I wanted to start a podcast, and here we are <laughs> starting a podcast because I feel like there's some, you know, catharsis of being able to like rant into a microphone and post it on the internet, and also there are just like some topics that I think about in my day to day life because I feel like for some reason I'm always thinking and questioning things that you can't really bring up to like people in a normal conversation, which you can, but. Like I said earlier, sometimes it just requires a lot of emotional energy on someone else's part. So this podcast was kind of just a way to like, for me also to just like dispense my thoughts that I feel like I cannot say in like a regular conversation and just like talk about stuff that you might not be able to bring up um, in a normal conversation and just kind of like destigmatize it in general, just like talking about like the deeper stuff and being less superficial. Also, the podcast name is Sibet, which means so silly in French. It's just kind of like a playful way of bringing up things that might be less, you know, or might be more serious or like deeper, I guess, like a deeper conversation, but making it seem more like approachable and silly. And like I said earlier, just like destigmatizing all of that stuff. So that is what the podcast is about. And hopefully uh, these rants will be more than just like me ranting into a microphone and actually have some sort of like purpose behind
1: them yeah and you know i think what's important about the concept of calling the show "Sabet" and like coming to a rant from a place of like saying this is so stupid but is we're gonna rant um and we're gonna be like completely sincere in what we say and we're gonna like you know have the courage of our convictions but i don't think these are going to be rants that challenge what each other think um mm-hmm. frankly i don't think any rant is especially effective at that right Um, but you know, when you rant to change someone's mind, you like, when are you losing kind of the details of the text of it? Um, and I think what I want out of this and what I want you to get out of this and like, what I want someone who listens to this show to get out of this is to kind of better understand how each other think. Right. Um, I think that's the beauty of ranting about like You know, when we looked at kind of the list of things we wanted to talk about on this show, kind of the small or esoteric or nerdy or heady things, um, it ultimately doesn't matter whether we come to an agreement at the end. Um, Like, I'm not going to storm off the show if I find out you have strong opinions about SZA, which is a spoiler (laughs) alert for later episodes, right? Um, But on the other hand, you know, like, I'll get in the weeds about shit like that all day. So, yeah, I'm excited about this
0: yeah me too i feel like it'd be a good opportunity to talk about things that we don't usually talk about and i feel like in general it's nice to have multiple perspectives on things because you could just like rant or like write in your journal but it's just like an echo chamber of your own thoughts so hopefully this is a way for both of us to get more insight and different perspectives so yay So the first rant is mine, and it kind of touched on what I was talking about earlier with why we decided to start the podcast or like why I wanted to start a podcast in general. Um, I basically, like I said earlier, just wanted to like start a rant because I think that ranting serves the purpose of like getting something off your chest. It's like a form of catharsis. It's just something that you do when you like really want to talk about something, but you don't necessarily want like another opinion about it sometimes because I feel like there are different conversations that you have with people like sometimes you want someone to listen to you sometimes you want someone to give advice to you and sometimes you just want to like pour out your emotions to someone and like have them just like sit there and just like listen you know but I feel like sometimes in friendships like there are certain levels to it there are certain people that you can just rant to and just like pour out your emotions to and not have them not expect anything in return. But I think I, as a person kind of feel bad when I like put someone in that position where I'm just like ranting to them and like not expecting anything back from them. Like I just want it to be more of a conversational two-way street. So as a result, I kind of just like find myself in a position where I'm just listening a lot of the time also because I generally find people really interesting and I just like to listen in general. I feel like I learn a lot from other people in my conversations with people. But um, as a result, I'm just like listening a lot, but not really ranting myself at other people. It's more like I feel like I know a lot about people, but sometimes I can be hard to know myself. So I realized this about myself and I was like, I need to start like ranting or at least like telling things about myself. And I've done this in a very personal way. Like I do it journaling. I'll tell people that I'm close to random things about my day, or I'll just, you know, write it in my phone and my notes app. But I feel like I don't really do it to like other people very often. So I think that kind of like the purpose of ranting on a podcast for me was like being able to have that medium or like a place where I could do that verbally and feel like I could get that weight off my chest because I do not do that enough in my opinion and I don't think that's always the best thing to do but I am very grateful for the people that I can do that with um and I think they're very good at listening questioning me and also like carrying out the conversation because as a person I think that I also ask a lot of questions or I like will sometimes say something with like no basis behind it where I'm just like I think America should build a bunch of public transportation and, like, be better connected, like Europe is. And then, for example, my roommate will be like, oh, no, we can't do that because we have a whole different public transit infrastructure and it's, like, ridiculously expensive. Like, she actually did the research on this. And I'm like, see, this is my issue. I just say things, but I have no evidence behind it. And I think that I need to... In, like, my most compatible friendships and relationships, um, I'm able to, like, you know say something and then have someone like actually like prove it or like not necessarily prove it, but just like give me like more information about like what I'm saying or questioning. So I think another like purpose for ranting and like why I wanted to start this podcast is also like for me to throw out my ideas as I do and like have them be, you know, challenged or like also get different perspectives on them because as such an introspective introverted person, it's kind of easy for me to like get lost in my own opinions And even like in my phone, like the people that I talk to, the people that I follow on social media and stuff, I get like a lot of information that I feel confirms what I believe in. So that's great for me because I'm like, okay, everyone, all of the people that I lend to my life believe in the same things as me. But I don't always get like the opposing opinion of like someone who might not feel the same way or like why they feel that way. And I feel like in general, ranting is just like a good way to like understand other people like that should be another purpose of like communicating in general is just to understand different perspectives without any friction of you know a different opinion so hopefully like through the process of listening to other people rant and like by the process of ranting to someone else in general it's just like a way for you to like get your thoughts out in a non-judgmental space and then have someone else you know give their opinion on that whether that's an agreement or like a um, disagreement, you know, so that's really what I think of when I think of ranting and why I wanted to rant on a podcast in general, because, you know, like I said, I don't want to put my friends through this because they already get a lot of my unfiltered thoughts, which have no basis, like no thoughts behind them. It's just like me questioning the world. And I also feel like um, personally, I think it can be hard for me to like share things and it's just like, I mean, someone has told me this before where it's like, you don't owe anyone your emotional purity. Like that's like something that they've said, like, you don't have to explain like why you think some ways or like why you feel some ways. Like, it's not like another person is entitled to that information about yourself, but at the same time, it helps them get to know you. So, and I always go back to like the concept of, you know, the evil eye where it's kind of like, In Middle Eastern culture, and Latin American culture, a lot of people believe in the evil eye where it's like you wear this talisman where um, it protects you against like jealous thoughts from other people. Like if another person is like thinking badly about you as you say something, it's supposed to protect you. And it's kind of like the point of like sharing something also is that like sometimes I feel like it can be, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I'm just like, what is someone going to think about this if I say this? So. Because I have, like, that, like, thought in the back of my head, sometimes that prevents me from, like, truly, like, ranting unless I know that's, like, I'm in a space where I'm able to do that. So um, just in general, I feel like ranting can be very cathartic if you have, like, the right people to do it around, if you have a non-judgmental space to, like, release anything that you have on your mind, anything that you want to say, and, like, being able to... um, have the ability to do that I think is very um positive and has a lot of benefits so hopefully like what I wanted to do with this podcast is kind of just like give myself the space to do this but also in the future kind of like hopefully you know who knows where this podcast is gonna go but like hopefully kind of just like destigmatize the idea of like oh these little rants that you might have or like these ideas that you might have and you have nowhere to put them except for like your notes or your journals or like your friends who you're able to rant with. Um, Just like being able to truly be able to say the things that you want, I think is something that I want for myself being able to rant on this, but also hopefully for other people who knows who might be listening to this, but you know, would be nice. (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of what I think about when I think about ranting and kind of why this podcast is centered around ranting it might not be considered a rant, to be honest. Like I call it a rant, but it kind of just feels like me talking. But you know, it could be whatever it is. Just like being able to talk about whatever you want to, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're talking Oxford Dictionary, right? Like, I think one component of like the of rant is that it's it's like a long, angry diatribe that you're kind of going on and I think we're not necessarily going to be like yelling at each other that said like I definitely think um you know compared to writing in a journal or something um where I mean I, I would almost call that like an essay versus a rant right um when you're when you're going on this long kind of this long kind of speech um it hits different right and it's and if you're sharing that with somebody else it hits different too Um, and you know, I like in that kind of your rant about ranting, you brought up the idea of like kind of purpose and vulnerability and the idea of how like the ability to rant and the platform of ranting, how that kind of fits into a friendship, right? But like, I think we're mostly on the same page about the purpose of a rant, at least in the context of how we're using that term on this show. Um, we're like, you're allowing yourself to go off on a topic and just like, Ring out whatever's in your brain as fast and hard as you can to like get it out of your mouth and into the universe. Right. Um, And when I think about that and the times that I can point to where being on the other side of a rant really kind of defined how I think um, I think that really runs parallel or um, like intertwined, I guess, with who my friends are. And so I was thinking about this before we were going to jump on and kind of the two, archetypical ranters in my head are friends who we've kind of built our relationships on ranting back and forth at each other. Right. And for that, I think, you know, for the two people that I'm thinking of, you can kind of boil down their rant styles to one went to school to be a writer and one went to school to be a preacher. And my friend, the writer, um, I think like her rant superpower is she'll like, go down the rabbit hole with you hand in hand, right? And I think that's one type of rant that's super valuable where on on one hand, I don't think we could ever be fact checkers on each other's arguments because we drag each other down a line of logic that like makes absolute total sense in the context of the supporting arguments that we're pulling out of our ass. Um, and like you talk about, you rant at a friend that has all the facts and it makes you have to like stop and recontextualize your rant. When I'm ranting with this friend, it's like a total folio do. but like it makes for one hell of a spiraling diatribe, right? And then on the other hand, um, my other friend who was going to school to be a preacher, which he never actually did, his rant superpower is totally different. So his superpower when he's going off on a tangent or a rant is that he can jump on a line of conversation and like, if you let him go long enough, he has like that rhythm and that confidence and that swagger behind what he's saying that, like, you don't even stop to question what he's saying. Like, you're nodding along and you're like maybe 180 degrees away from where you were when he started. And so, when I was thinking about kind of those two types of people and those two types of rants that I like to be on the receiving end of, it kind of made me start thinking about music, right? And, you know, this is a recorded medium. So, it, you know, we're hooking up to microphones and all that stuff. So I start to think about that anyway. And if you think about recording music, when you're going into a studio and you're like laying tracks down and you're getting your mix just right. um, Like that's like writing an essay or like writing a journal entry. Like you can be precious about stuff. But then like, if you take that song that you wrote or like that idea that's in your head and like, it's a fucking rock and roll song, right? And you don't have sheet music or anything and you go play it live. Like that's a rant. And the thing about a rant is it's performative. I think that's the important thing and why it's so cathartic. And same with like singing a song live is like it makes it different than an essay because, you know, it's not handing someone a piece of music or handing someone a thesis statement or whatever, right? But then kind of to your point, like the different ways that you kind of feel about things and how it hits different if you're going to write it down in your notes app or if you're going to like rant to your friends. There's different degrees about of how you take that studio song and turn it into a live show, right? So, like, James Brown is a good example where, like, he had, like, this super tight choreographed show. And he's known as, like, one of the greatest performers of all time. Like, he has a shit on lockdown. Like, if one of his horn players fucks up a note, he finds them, like, cumulatively. Um, so every show of his is note perfect. And, like, whatever show you go to it's going to be the same every time. And then, like, on the other side of that, you have a ranter where it's, like, the Grateful Dead or like a jam band, right, where they might come out on stage and they start the first song, and that song ends up being the only song they play the whole set because they, like, got on a roll and improvised for an hour and a half, and, like, at some point, the bass player's, like, riding an inflatable donkey through the crowd, and everyone's like, this is the greatest show of all time. And, like, I think if you're on the receiving end of either of those shows or, like, either a rant of either of those styles, it really depends on how well they sell it and how open you are to, like, what they're selling. Um, to determine whether you have a good time of it. And, like, that's when you're talking about feeling bad about, you know, trapping your listener into it. And I think finding someone who's willing to kind of go on that ride with you is super important because, like, you could go to that James Brown show and be like, he played that same show last night. Or he could be like, holy shit. Like, that show is flawless every night. And, like, with rants, there's always that friend who, like, always goes off about the same thing, but it's entertaining every time, like buckle up. Uh, you know, Sophia's going to go off about municipalities again. But then like with the jam band friend, if you're not feeling the improv and like that long rambling rant, you're going to walk back to your car and be like, you know, I just watched grown people jerk off their guitars for two hours. But like, if you're fucking in it, then you're like, you know, I sweated nine pounds in that show. And like I have rainbows coming out of my nipples and, uh, I think there's a million degrees between those. Like, those are like extremes. But, and I think knowing us, we're gonna be more like the coffee house performer who like has a tight set, and then they throw a little curveball song in there because they saw the girl that walked in with the Miley Cyrus t-shirt. I don't know. But like, I think ultimately, what you take away on either side of it is like if you're the rantor, um, if you take the topic in your head and you're doing it live, you always have the potential to come to like an epiphany. Or like fuck up a thought or like, like you said, ride that edge of vulnerability that kind of forces you to examine what you're saying and kind of either like crystallize or abandon your argument in real time because you have to own it in a way that you don't have to if you're like just thinking about it or writing it down or kind of like hiding behind the research. And then like on the other side, if you're a listener, that's when you're like holding up a mirror to yourself. And like if you're going to be in it, you have to commit to the bit you kind of have to like ride that person's rant because that's the vulnerability that's fun
0: on that side.
1: And like, you're going to let that other person bring you on a ride. So yeah, I don't know. I'm ready to go on a ride. You?
0: (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. I feel like music was actually a really good comparison because I mean, I've thought about like writing lyrics and songs and stuff and poems and... I mean, there's so many mediums for ranting, if you're thinking about it in, like, a cathartic sense, like, art, comedy shows, telling stories in general. It's just a form of ranting. But it's also so hard to be able to do it in, like, an artistic way, because, like, I've thought about this myself, but, like, coming up with, like, a cohesive yet artistically, like, resonating way to talk about your feelings, for me, at least, is very hard. So, like, when you rant in those mediums, it's it's like you're always – I mean, I guess – you're not always thinking about like how it's portrayed, but it's less, for some people it can be more unfiltered, but for other people it can be also like more filtered. Cause it's like so many other different ways of like, like so many things that you have to like, that goes into it. Like, you know, well,
1: it's, yeah, it's, it's the, the difference guitar. between a, uh, it's the difference between a poet and a slam poet, right? Like That's the true. person that writes, that writes good poetry and gets mm-hmm. their thoughts out on paper mm-hmm. is not going to survive in, you know, in the, the snaps medium where you have to like be a performer about it. And I feel like, you know, as you know, I think personally, I tend to list toward the side of the person that writes stuff down. Like that's where my comfort zone is. And that's where my wheelhouse is. Whereas someone like my friend who can like, just has that natural rhythm and like that natural kind of edge of your seat feel to how he talks. Um, He might misspell half the words that he puts down on paper, but he's going to like, he's going to win you over in the argument just because of how he comes across. And that's hard. You know, that, like you said, it's something, it's a skill and it's, uh, I think it's something like a muscle that you have to flex a little bit.
0: That's true. Some people are just like naturally charismatic though. So like whenever they talk about something they're passionate about, you're like, okay, I'm here for it. Whereas, I don't know. I feel like I could struggle with that but you know, that's the purpose of this. I guess we're just practicing ranting.
1: (laughs) Well, and like, I think if you're, if we're doing it right, like once it comes out of your mouth, like you don't have to think about it anymore. Like, you know, you can react to it and you can kind of modify on the fly. But I remember like, I've never been much of a journaler. And like, you know, when I was younger, I tried it. Um, But I'm one of those people that like, I'll get a new notebook and like, I feel precious about what I put in it. Like, if it if it's gonna end up being dumb, and I you know I've gone back to like journals that I've started and looked at it and been like, oh, what a fucking nerd, right? Um, and you know I I don't think that that is necessarily the right mindset to have, but you know taking the written page away and putting it into a medium where it's ethereal, it's fleeting, and it's going out to the void like you said or to you um it changes what how that hits and it changes what you're getting from it
0: yeah I mean I feel like it's so hard to just like journal like you have an empty well I guess it depends on the person but there's like just an empty journal and you're just looking at it and you're like what should I do with this there's so much pressure almost so like in that way it's like honestly I don't know what I'm trying to say (laughs) But like for some people, you know, like music is easier because you don't have to be specific about what you're saying. You can just like kind of hint about what you're feeling. But like when you're in a journal, you're like really trying to like get it out, I think so.
1: Right. Well, and it's, um you know, to stick with music, it's the uh, it's the white stripes thing, right? Like your constraints are kind of the mother of invention. And so I think one of the things that's nice about this versus like writing into the blank page of a journal is we're coming with a topic every week. And so that ultimately whatever you're going to be talking about for however long we end up talking um, is going to be focused on a specific topic. And it, you know, maybe it will go on tangents, maybe we'll sprawl because that's what happens. Um, but you always have that starting point and it's not staring at a blank page. It's actually coming from a point of view that we already have, agreed upon. Um, and I think that's going to make it easier to to find where we want to go with the conversation.
0: I think it's good because it keeps us focused as well. It's like, we're just like, it's like ranting, but like with a purpose, you know, it comes back to why we were ranting. <laughs>
1: so we've come to the section of our show where after our big rant for the day, we want to take things down a notch and uh, rant about something that is even a little bit smaller than what we were just talking about. Um one of the podcasts I listen to is a Cricket Media podcast called uh, Hysteria. And they always have a segment at the end of their show called The Hill I Will Die On. And I kind of feel like that's where this is coming from. Like It's a small like but important thing that is kind of fleeting. Doesn't necessarily have anything to do with anything. But just a little something that maybe we want to get off our chest before we leave for the day. So my little rant for the day is... On the day we're recording this, it is a lovely early November day in Minnesota. And it's a little chilly. Leaves are crispy. You can go outside in a sweatshirt and you're comfortable but a little nippy. Um, You can put on a jean jacket and you're comfortable but maybe a little warm. There's college football. It's, you know, chef's kiss. Um, Fall is my favorite time of year. Stop making it Christmas. Christmas. I am looking at you, kitty-corner neighbors. I am looking at you, Target. Fucking knock it off. Let me have this time. I will keep my withered-ass pine tree up in the living room until February. You will have your time. Stop it. Slow your roll. Rant over. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is so true in new york they started making their um christmas markets i think they started like two weeks ago like before halloween even started And i was like i wasn't aware it was christmas it's october but i feel like it comes every year earlier and earlier they're trying to make the most money that they can out of three holidays
1: right and like this is not a this is not a new topic like this is a total like hack comedy thing but yeah like i i still had to get like costume stuff for my kids for Halloween, and they already had the costume stuff put away because they are putting out Christmas stuff.
0: <laughs> Tragic. Honestly. Tragic.
1: <laughs> Awful. Terrible.
0: I know. Let fall be fall. We don't do it anymore. I know. <laughs> my rant is similarly petty, and I don't know if it should be petty or if people... I mean, who... I don't know who's going to listen to this, but like, if people who are native New Yorkers are going to attack me for this, but... I recently moved to New York, and I'm still freaking out the public transit system. And recently, I upgraded my game where I don't only take the local trains. I also take the express trains because I know how they work now. But my gripe is when the local trains randomly turn into an express train. So, like, basically, like, local trains, they stop at every stop. But express trains, they only stop at, like, the major stops because it's supposed to be faster. And, like, for people who commute, I think, But sometimes you're on a local train and it will just randomly go express. Like they will just skip the stops that you're trying to go to without telling anyone. And I'm like, why is that? Why don't they tell you? Like, and what am I supposed to do? Just like jump off the train? Like, There's no, I don't understand why it happens. And public transit in general here has been an adventure to learn. So I feel like it would be nice if they had some sort of app or like some sort of way of telling you any delays or like construction that's going on because I feel like construction happens every day on these trains, but you don't find out until you're on the train or like you're at the station and you're like, Oh, there's 20 minutes until my next train, but I have to make it in the next five minutes to this place. So I'm just like confused why New York is such a big and well-connected metropolitan city and they don't have like an app at least or like some sort of broadcast system to tell people this i just feel like it's kind of behind it that way but it is nice that you can pay for like all the trains in new york with your phone at least they did that because not a lot of cities do that but yeah the public transit here it's good but also confusing and i'm still trying to figure it out as a transplant of two months so that's what i had to rant about that's a
1: running joke like, yeah, it probably is. I, like not yeah. knowing much about New York other than like the touristy stuff that I've done. Um, yeah, like that. That's the that's the thing, right? Is is nobody knows how? Yeah. it works. you just have to like this is magic, true. magic it into being. And like to your point, I mean, at least it's there. Like it's true. When I first moved to Minneapolis, I didn't have a car, and so I rode my bike everywhere, and I would like try to jump on the light rail or bus or whatever, and. Same thing, right? Like you would get there when you're supposed to and it's like next train in five minutes and then you wait five minutes and then like the numbers just change. Next train, 25 minutes. Yeah. Oh, shit, I'm gonna be late for work.
0: Yeah, public like transit in general, it's kind of a gamble. I just think it's, it's just like a very interesting thing about New York. And also like the people here will be like, oh, just tell them, just blame it on the train every time you're late. So I feel like it definitely right. is a running joke amongst people in New York. They'll just be like, I've seen people like just like be with me and we'll be walking on the street and they'll be like, oh, I'm on the train. I'm on my way. And I'm like, you're not on the train. We're like walking on the street right now. So spirit,
1: you're on the train.
0: Yeah. Metaphorically, we're all on a train. We're on the train of life. (laughs) But yeah, I mean like, yeah, definitely it's good to have it. I am very glad to be like in a walkable, transitable, connected place. But given that it is so connected, it's kind of interesting that it still has – that's very right. standard public um, transit problem. I feel like it's
1: something everywhere. Like, um, I just watched a, like a YouTube documentary thing about Chicago, and I don't know, I don't know if you know this, but like back in 2010 ish, they sold all of their parking meters, like, they they wanted to get cash quick, oh. right, to do projects, and so they sold like whatever it is, 36,000 parking meters in the city of Chicago. They sold it to like Morgan Stanley and it was a terrible deal. Like Morgan Stanley, like after the fact economists were like, they should have sold it for $5 billion. Like that's what the break even would have been. But they sold it for like a million two or sorry, a billion two Um, and like immediately spent all the money and then realized that the contract that Morgan Stanley had written uh, like put them on the hook for if they did road construction they would have to pay Morgan Stanley for like lost revenues on the streets where those parking meters were. And so they ended up like billions and billions in the hole already. And they still have like 75 years left on the contract. (laughs) I feel like there's a story like that in every, maybe not quite that bad, but I feel like there's gotta be something about that with New York where like they lease out a, a station and all of a sudden like they can just turn the station off or something.
0: I think they monetize everything that they possibly can here. Yeah, like the Walt (laughs) Disney
1: Corporation decides Mm -hmm. that it's an express train now.
0: (laughs) For real, they might. (laughs) Au revoir. Au revoir, Phoebe. Au revoir, month.
1: From here is where we get into our parting gifts. Do you want to go first on your parting gift or do you want to introduce it?
0: Um, okay. So the next section, we're going to basically be leaving with a parting gift. You know, we ranted at you, but now we want to give something in return. So it feels less like you were just ranted to. You also have something that you could take away from this apart from little nuggets of thoughts. Um, so we're, we're just going to be like talking about something that we recommend, whether that be an activity, a show, a book, a piece of thing, like a media piece that you could like, get into. It's just whatever we want to recommend. For example, I would like to recommend going outside. This is not a new concept. Everyone goes outside, but because it's fall, and this goes back to your rant, I feel like it's a really nice time to go outside because one, it's beautiful, the leaves are changing. Two, I feel like the air is really crisp right now. Like it's like when you go outside and you feel like your cheeks getting like a little like crispy. I feel like that's a really nice feeling. And the sky It's not snowing yet, it's like blue, so it feels like it's really pretty and sunny and bright, yet you feel like the crispness of the air changing. I feel like that's very refreshing. And whenever I feel like stuck in my own head or like, you know, just feeling a little off, I feel like going outside, being in nature, going on a walk, that always helps me. So since it's fall right now, arguably one of the best seasons, I think going outside during this time is something I would recommend. I love it. So,
1: yeah. My parting gift, I feel like this is going to turn into a rant, but I'll try not to. So my parting gift is, um, did you ever read Choose Your Own Adventure books when you were a kid? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like for people who haven't, like it's like a detective story and you get to the bottom of the page and it's like turn to page nine to investigate the garden or like turn to page 73 to take the tissue samples back to the lab. And then like based on the choices you make, maybe you solve the murder or maybe like now you're the jigsaw killer. Um, I love those books when I was a kid. And there are a, uh, a bunch of there are a bunch of Your own adventure books. And there's like a goosebumps version where it was like baby's first horror book where you kind of wanted to pick the obviously bad decision so you could like read what death you'd be subjecting yourself to. And like I read all of those. Um so my parting gift, lo and behold, there is an app and it's called Choice of Games. Um and actually there are three apps, but I'll get to that in a second. Um So choice of games is choose your own adventure stories. And like the generic term for that type of book is a game book. Um, And these are a modern take on choose your own adventure in, I think a really important way. So with those old books, your choices were mostly like inflection points in the story, right? It's like a binary thing. So like these books were like 150 pages total. So your read through would be a total of like 2000 words by the time you made your full set of choices and get to like one of, 20 endings um so these new stories because you have the back end of the program keeping track of your choices if you were to like map out the journey of the story there would maybe be like three canonical ends to the story and maybe like a couple bad ends but the game of it all is instead of making those inflection point choices the choices you make are kind of like if If you're on a river, right, and you're paddling your canoe to one side of the river or the other, like each choice you make is only kind of shifting your canoe just a little bit over one way or another. And, you know, the direction that you're going is based on you staying in character and role playing the story in a consistent way. So, like, for an example, like, say you're in a detective story, right? And on either side of the river, maybe one archetype you could be is like the Boy Scout detective. And you're like by the book and you help everyone uh, or you could like go totally the other way and you could be like the noir anti-hero detective who like goes all Jack Bauer 24 on suspects and like, you know, punches the police chief because he's getting in your way. Or then like maybe you decide you're going to be totally pragmatic and like sometimes you follow the rules and sometimes you punch the police chief because he's corrupt whatever. Um, but as long as you stay in character when you're playing these, um, you're going to end up reading through the book to a satisfying ending um and like any good book the beginning of the story is going to be like all low stakes choices like save the cat type of character decisions to kind of define your character so you have a handle on who you are and then when you have to start making like those big plot point decisions if you're staying true to who you set yourself up as in the beginning it's going to play with it and like if you go wildly out of character maybe that's when you die right um but you're trying to stay true to the role you're playing so with all that um You know, within this, there's tons of genre reads, like there's superhero stuff, there's sports, there's noir, there's like band biopics. Um, There's like some Harry Potter likes, which are pretty fun. Um, And there's three apps. So uh, Choice of Games is the original one. And that's like the most tightly controlled one. Like every book is kind of like squarely YA and the word counts are all kind of like a consistent novella length. Um, And there's like there's no game overs or bad ends. Um, and then the second app is called hosted games. So that one's like the wild west. So you can get like more challenging writing from like a structural and content standpoint. So you can get like a big, long, sprawling epic, or you can get like a super short experimental thing. I would say choice of every story in there is like a solid seven out of 10. Um, And hosted, you're going to kind of have a wide gambit. So, like, there's some real stinkers in there. But, like, if you kind of stick with what people are recommending, there's some definite, like, 10 out of 10s, too. So that's where you can kind of really see stuff that shines. Um, And then there's a third app called uh, Heart's Choice. And that's all, like, choose your own sexy adventure. Um, So, like, if you're into being the main character in a romance novel, that's, like, the one you should go to. So all that said, if you're like me and you don't always have the time or the discipline to sit down and read a book, um, this is on your phone. So you can like pop it open for 10 minutes at a time and like work your way through a scene. Um, And it's kind of a cross between like reading a book and playing like a Bioware game, but like just the dialogue parts. And they're like, they're good, fun, pulpy fiction. In the choice of app, a good one to start with is the Heroes Rise trilogy. So if you like superhero origin story type stuff, Um, that's a good one. If you're in the Hosted app, there's the Wayhaven series, which is kind of like an X-Files vampires detective story. Um, And then in the Sexy Time one, uh, a good one to start with is Scandal Notes, where you are a 1920s London socialite getting in trouble with all your famous pretty friends. I think any way to read more is a good thing. So, dear listener, if you have made it this far, even if you don't download the apps, go read something
0: nice i've never heard of those so thank you for that recommendation i'll check it out i feel like a lot of video games are kind of like choose your own adventure
1: right and this is like distilling that down into just words so like it kind of feels like a game but really it's like tricking you into reading a a hundred thousand word novel
0: there's like actually i haven't played it in so long there was like a bts game like that (laughs) it was great
1: really what did you do was it like a sexy time BTS game?
0: No, I mean, it was like a BTS official game. So it was PG. But basically, I mean, it was like based out of your phone. So you would just like get messages on your like on this like phone on the app and then you would like respond to it. And based on how you respond to it, you go to like a different part of the story. Oh, interesting. But it was only words. Like I feel like with other video games, like what is the one called? It was like very popular for some time. It kind of reminded me like when you were talking about the thing where you have to stay true to your character um undertale i think actually is what it was called undertale
1: yeah undertale so like yeah even you're deciding to be wait yeah so undertale is like where you have to decide if you're going to be like the classic rpg character where you beat up all the bosses or yeah if you're or if you're like them.
0: evil and everyone is hurt right. <laughs> because of your decision yeah
1: the the bts game reminds me of there's another game called one lost phone
0: oh
1: and the the idea of it, it's like a it's like a phone game, but like when you play it, it brings up like a like a fake iOS type of thing, and you're like trying to figure out who's per, who's who the person that owns the phone is. So you're like oh. going through their files and like listening to voice messages and stuff, and like as you learn stuff, you like oh, there's a message from their mom and they're asking for the password to their thing because mom forgot. So then you find out mom's password, so you can like get into mom's email, nice, and then you can like find something else to like advance the story
0: that's so creative
1: that's not a recommendation but that's a dope one too that's a really fun game
0: that's like you don't even have to be a visual artist to be a game developer you just have to have a story
1: i feel like yeah that's the that's the barrier to entry right like if you can't code then this is a way and like that's where the hosted thing comes from like people decide to like try to sell it like a traditional publisher and that's the choice of stuff and then hosted is like self-publishing so like if you want to if you want to make your own bts game start writing (laughs)
0: I make a Sabet game. Yeah. There you go. It'll, <laughs> it'll
1: just be rants. Yeah. All the, way, all the way down.
0: Yeah. You just unlock a new rant with every choice that you make.
1: Which is like real life.
0: That's actually true. Yeah. Tangents. Yeah. Tangents the game.
1: I think you're into something. <laughs>
0: it's a new
1: venture. I'll copyright it after we're done.
0: Thank you so much for listening. That's it for this episode of Sabet Yeah. Um, if you want to submit any like further rants that you have for ideas, if you have any feedback on what we were ranting about, we would love to hear it. We have a Gmail at podcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram account at pod where you can find updates. You can also message us. Um, stay tuned next week for our next episode. And au revoir.